from the former convent of the Good Shepherd overlooking Inwood Hill Park in New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome filmmaker Karen Rose Bruning. Karen Rose is an award-winning writer, director, producer, and the July in Christmas in July, 1982, a film and theater production company, which she co-founded. She produced the hit docuseries P.O.P. or Pop, which would later be licensed by Mass Appeal and the Smoke and Mirrors web series. She has worked as co-creator, co-writer for the web series Beyond Complicated with Andrew Lewis, written, directed the well-known short films Perception, I Know the Sunset, Nevertheless, and executive produced The Colored Hospital by Terrence Day. Her films have been screened at various film festivals, including the Academy Award-eligible Real Sisters Film Festival. In January of 2020, Karen Rose founded Pronounced Bruning, a solo production company which debuted with Ship, a visual poem, written and directed by Day and produced by Bruning, which went on to win Sundance Grand Jury Award for U.S. Fiction Award in the same year and later went on to be nominated for Vimeo Best of the Year Webby Award as well as the as well as win the Rap Shortlist Industry Award. In November 2021, Karen Rose became the Senior Vice President of Cookout Entertainment founded by Jordan E. Cooper, which co-created The Ms. Pat Show. We're going to talk about her work, film, behind the scenes and what she's written and she, what she's doing now and so much more. But first, let me welcome you, Karen Rose, to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's so great to see you. You too. Thanks for having me. You betcha. It's been a long time, huh? It really has. <laughs> it really has. But you get that a lot these days. It's been two years or so, this right? This is my first uh, in-person interview since 2019. Wonderful. If you have, thank you for taking the chance on of us. Of course. Um, well, let's just start off with your... Um, most recent accomplished, at least to our knowledge, because uh, Lord knows how prolific you are. You probably just proved a film on the way over here um, <laughs> on the subway. Uh, and so congrats on your role as a senior vice president of Cookout Entertainment. Thank you. Um, tell us about the job and what is exactly you have cooking? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I had an, uh, a meeting about that right before I got here. Um, so Jordan E. Cooper is the youngest black showrunner in the history of television, 27 years old. He... Um, is the co-creator and the executive producer of the Miss Pat Show. It's uh, premiering on BET Plus and BET and Paramount Plus now. Um, and I came aboard to kind of consult originally on the upcoming projects because there were a lot of offers coming in. Um, he has also done a play that was called Ain't No Mo that's actually going to premiere on Broadway this year. And so there was lots of, of inquiry and... Yeah, we took a couple of meetings and he was, just, you know, decided that he didn't want to not work with me moving forward. And so I took How could he resist, right? Literally. Um, I found out that I was the SB, SVP in a meeting. He didn't. Yeah, I wasn't technically offered the position. I was introduced as that. And then paperwork came after. So, yeah, <laughs> so that's how that went. He was like, this is what's happening. It's, you know, me and her forever. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, looking forward to it. And um Anything to share what's coming down the pipe yet with that position? It's too early to say. Well, we're getting ready for season three for the Miss Pat show. Miss, uh, the uh, Season two is just wrapped. Gotcha. And so we're preparing for season three. I'll actually be in Atlanta in a couple of weeks to start shooting. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, you are no stranger, stranger to creating content. 
um, which you've done through your own production companies as well, I wanted to say, uh, and usually both writing and directing. Mm -hmm. uh, your short, nevertheless, will finally screen at the upcoming Inwood Film Festival. Um, I'm just say for a second, I'm just very proud to say we're excising that postponed from it and we're making good on the promise and getting to the films and what probably would have been like the early premiere of the film is probably now the you know last part of the festival run for it uh but you know what with covid i feel it's like you, things have been in a time warp and i think the same eyeballs two years ago are going to see it for the first time this time around for as sure. well so we're proud to have it um as perception and all the other work we've shown of yours uh so you can talk a little bit about what was the spark that birthed the idea for this quote-unquote heartbreaker of a story so nevertheless is the end of the story uh i showed perception with you guys when that was my my introduction to your festival was with perception mm -hmm. and so nevertheless is the the how it ends there was i left lots of things you know to be determined lots of things to to be questioned and at every single talk back that i did showing that film it was like well what happened to them and i didn't know <laughs> i had no idea what happened to them or I did a second film for it, and uh, my uncle called, and he said, so this is a trilogy, right? And I said, uh, <laughs> okay, sure. I like how all the feedback is pushing you to do more things, totally, right? Totally, totally, totally. And then one day I had the story for it. And um, so that is, and it wasn't going to end, well, I was going to say it wasn't going to end well, but uh, that's, you know, based on your your perception, if you will. It is how it's supposed to end you know everybody makes amends and then it's what you do with it after yeah i love that i love that yeah and and and, and you know what happens after right mm -hmm. yeah well we're not i'm not going to spoil it for the people who are you have to come out check it out folks for sure uh it'll be in june this year between the second and the fifth of june so get your tickets uh tickets yes. go on sale may 2nd i believe i'm looking uh, forward to it oh it's gonna be awesome and so we're thrilled to have you there um, so as a filmmaker, you're constantly learning new tricks and um, <laughs> being forced into making new films by family members and friends. Um, uh, have there been particular, curious, because uh, I always feel like this podcast in a way is also has some teaching moments to it uh, and educational aspects to it. So uh, do you have any particular teaching moments that stay with you that have informed your work on other projects that you could share that might be helpful to other people um, as you've kind of progressed through making films like in your, in your, this trilogy, like anything you did on perception that you learned from that, that you incorporated into Nevertheless and, and your other shows? I think uh, if I could give a tip yeah. to first time filmmakers, uh, you can shoot it on your phone, but you can't skimp on the sound ever. You can never get away with having bad sound. Bad sound will make a great movie horrible. And so what, what really happened at the beginning of my career is we all kind of worked the boom. So everybody could hear it. Everybody could know what it was where if you clink anything, like a, so this is an actual fun fact. This is true. This will get me in tons of trouble. So I never take off my bangles. My family's from the Caribbean. It's, a, it's like a West Indian tradition to keep your bangles and you have them when you're a kid and you keep them forever. But when we're shooting, I don't wear them. Uh, so that's a, like a very secret fun fact. Wow. It's the only time I take them off because of what the sound does. Yeah, the clinking, yeah. And so it's definitely a situation where I think people spend a lot of money on cameras and lights and, and uh, lenses, but the sound is something in indie as an independent filmmaker that I learned very quickly. 
and that I learned to respect very much. And that's, that is a thing that we kind of carried with us every single place all the time. That's a great, great tip. And, uh, and a not so fun fact when you're sitting in the editing bay and you literally can't hear the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I just gave this note the other day to a filmmaker because I get a lot of, Hey Aaron, would you mind uh, spending, you know, hours to listening to my shows or whatever. And, and if I'm asked, I'll give you, I give you honest feedback. And, and I say, you know, it's to your point, people do spend a lot of money. I'll, I'll call them on bells and whistles, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it's a, has to be a red cam or it has to be whatever. And it's like, well, just so you guys know, this 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 podcast is being shot on an iPhone slash just regular good cameras. Um, they're not expensive at all, um, and you know, it's about story, telling the story. And I can't tell you a scene being too dark when you and a story point. It always comes down to me, and sound is the biggest culprit. Like, if it's a story point, the audience is not going to understand. You've self sabotaged your film. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, and lighting sometimes comes into it and I can't help people with screenplays. That's on them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, sound is, uh, it's, it's the basic things and, and a play too for theater plays, same for way sure. as well. If you can't hear the actors or the song or the lyrics, um, what's the point, right? If you don't reach your audience, what's the point? Totally. Especially because I make a, what has been called now, uh, abstract experimental film. So 50% sure that you're not going to catch everything in my movies anyway. Right. Um, but did you hear it? Yeah. So the thing that I want you to know for sure is the thing that, that's being uh, said or, or the sound of it. And if you don't know why the light flickered or what was being written in the background or what the symbolism of whatever nonsense thing I've thought about the time is, yeah. that's fine. But did you hear what they said? Did you, you know, my songs, uh, excuse me, my, my projects are very, like, uh, song-based, very, like, tons of instrumentation. And so did you hear it? Because if you didn't, then what difference does it make? Then we've completely lost you. Yeah, I love the soundscapes in your shows. Thank I mean, you. they're, I mean, they're very, they're almost like long-form music videos, but the story is the artist, not the artist, obviously, mm -hmm. who's singing it. Um, you always have a really great... Um, I'll just call it just composition behind for sure, your, for sure. your big, big, big in your storytelling, right? The guys who do the score are kind of amazing for sure. How did you meet them? Um, okay. So, uh, one of them's name is, uh, Skylar James Bailey. He's actually was in perception. He's an actor as well. He sent me music that I put in a, one of my web series and that's how I first met him. And then we kept working together cause he was also in beyond complicated as an actor and um, then I kind of talked to him, and then he brought a, bar he brought a board, excuse me, his partner, uh, Dominique Luis, and they've been doing the scores for my projects ever since. I've never done anything without them since Perception. Amazing. I'm, I always like to highlight these little things when I hear them because it's very much about finding great collaborators. For sure. And finding you know, how, and how you stumble upon relationships. For sure. And know. the person who plays the horn and uh, the first film plays the horn in this one, too. Awesome. It's Javon Johnson, yeah. Javon plays it in Perception, and he then came back to play it in Nevertheless. Gotcha. I still love the skate the skating scene in Perception. Oh, for sure. It's one of my favorite scenes with the, with the music. <laughs> for sure. It's awesome. Um, so uh, kind of going on, the, again, using your, your bag of tricks and also too, but yeah, like you brought up a series too, like you work in web series as well as narrative filmmaking and 
call it abstract if you want to. It's still narrative in some ways. For sure. Um, so uh, can you speak to the approach of building a narrative arc within a film versus web series? Um, that kind of, because usually, you're usually directing and writing a lot of your own projects. And so like creating, like, can you talk like, Speaking to the creating the, kind of the the architecture and the scaffolding to effectively illustrate a story you're trying to tell. Well, I think that the massive difference in a web series and a short film is the a web series like any other episodic space is I want you to come back. So how do I tell the story in a way that I've given you enough in this episode to have you come back for the following episode, but have you not feel like you got shafted, or you know. The worst thing in the world is to, to watch something and you feel like uh, nothing happened in this episode. Like I was here and nothing happened. And so I, that's one of the bigger things. But in short film, you kind of get to do whatever you want, but you have to do it in this small box. But I think that uh, short films are a bit more freeing because I'm not responsible for anything in terms of you coming back or, or how I say what I say. And I think that the expectation is almost that I do things a bit differently because I only have a small window to do it in. Yeah, that's a really, really great difference you pointed out because it has to do with satisfaction, right? Satisfying your viewer um, in different ways. For sure. Uh, without pissing them off, I guess, mm -hmm. particularly in web series, but also in short films. I mean, because you only have that much. There's no, there's no next episode. No, there isn't. So you got to say it all right now. Exactly. Uh, is there a particular show or series you've worked on that you're particularly proud of? Like, is like some some kind of like, I mean, you could, I, I always say the show I'm working on right now is like my favorite. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the old theater guy in me says that, but I don't know. Is there is there and in your very short career so far, uh, but you've done quite a lot. So I'm just curious if there's something you really hold on to, like like it's really kind of your calling card so far. Well, I think that what I would argue is that where perception isn't my favorite, I have a favorite. Perception is the best thing I've ever done. Um, and if people want to know who I am as a filmmaker, who I, who I am as a director, who I am as a storyteller, I point them, I just send them that. So the idea, even I'm not as comfortable sending a reel as I am. Here's perception. This is who I am. This is what I do. Oh, I definitely would send a film, not a reel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's like, it. like, why? You know, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my sensibility. This is my taste. And so if you can get with this, then you would want me for, for whatever it is, or you understand me well. As an, as an artist. I love it because you kind of hit the why there too. It's like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is the stories I'm interested in telling, right? For sure. Awesome. Um, so what's next for you personally outside of your, what's your, your own production company? What are you working on? So I finished a film finally. I guess I finished it at the beginning of uh, January 2021. And it's called Uptown the Way God Intended. And so I am taking that out on the festival circuit. But I shot it from, from 120th Street in Harlem to Fordham Road in the Bronx. So everywhere that's considered uptown, I shot. I shot the Coco Alado lady on the corner. I shot everything that makes uh, this space different than every other place in New York. So every single solitary thing, the fruit stand on the corner. I shot, you know, somebody who's yelling outside. I literally shot, like, you know, somebody's cutting coconut on the sidewalk. Every single thing that makes this different than every other place is, is what uh, encompasses the film. And uh, you know, there's a story, a coming of age story, I guess, in between it, a you know, hero's journey of it all. Mm -hmm. But it's called Uptown the Way God Intended because, and I, and I highlight every single thing that's really beautiful about this space, for sure. I love it. Uh, is it narrative or documentary? 
Um, it's narrative. Cool. Cool. It's no, I haven't seen a documentary from you yet. So I was just curious if you're going in that direction at all. Maybe one of these days, maybe one of these days, uh, I'm not opposed to it, but I feel like I have a, a few more things to work out in story. Mm-hmm. I think that you kind of, even if it's personal, you get to kind of cloak it under the guise of narratives. Like it's kind of about you and our, and me, but kind of not about you where in documentary, I'm just like, Aaron said this to me in 1995. Right. And where, you know, if Todd says it, and it's like, I think that that's reminiscent of our conversation, you know, plausible deniability. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I like how guarded you are, and yet not so. You're just like, you're like, I'm putting it all out there. Not really. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But I get it. I totally get it. Oh, I love it. And uh, how long is this film, you think? I mean, is it going to be, like, it's going to still be short, right? It's 16 minutes, 16, 19. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so have you, have you started submitting to festivals yet? I have. Awesome. Very good. So it's ready to go right now. Sweet. Sweet. All right, folks. Well, hopefully, if we can get this fifth Inwood Film Festival up and running this June, we're looking forward to having a sixth one, and you can submit to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being here today and being a guest. Is there anything else I have to talk about we haven't covered? No, this is all like, but this is great. It was good for a first time out. For sure. Broke you through. For sure. We'll take care of you, I promise. All right. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, but before we say goodbye, though, let's talk about where can we send people to see your work? Oh, man. Um, or at least know more about you. I think that the new piece isn't out yet, but uh, definitely go to the YouTube channel, Christmas in July 1982, uh, to kind of keep updated with what I'm doing. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Karen Rose Brennan. You're definitely going to have to write that down for people because that's we'll, a lot of name. We'll put it in the episode <laughs> description. Yeah, that's a lot of name there. But definitely, uh, I kind of keep that up to date, where I'm at, what the festival is, what's going on with the the. Um, what the process looks like, all of those things show up on my page. Well, you're a great artist. We love you having Uptown, and we're so looking forward. The title for the new show, you know, it's like tailor made. So we're like, <laughs> we can't, we can't wait to to check it out at for least, sure. at the very least. So again, so thanks again to Karen Yo's Bruning for joining me on this artist spotlight episode of In What Artworks On Air. It's where I meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Many thanks to Church of the Good Shepherd here in Inwood for hosting us and to HideSites.com for local uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation, if you would, at InwoodArtworks.nyc backslash donate. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, Hub of Art Galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is, a, is very proud to be supported in part by the public funds in the New York State Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs> <laughs>